Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Decode Fintech podcast, where the people at the front lines of African fintech share what's working, what's not, and what's next. I'm Mohini Ufeli, co-producer of the podcast. And I've got mixed feelings today because this is the final episode of season one with our final guest. Previously on the show, we've spoken to fintechs like GT Bank, American Express, Bycoins, learning about everything from their approaches to marketing, to how they develop products, to how Nigerians buy credit. And it's been quite a ride. So stick around till the end for a heads up on what comes next after this season. Now let's get back to your regular programming with your regular host, Khadija Abu. The Nigerian fintech space is seeing an explosion of savings, lending, and investment platforms. Today, we speak with Oduayo Eweni, the co-founder and COO of PDVest, one of the earliest independent digital savings platforms in Nigeria. We explore how the idea for PDVest was born from a viral tweet and their journey from being a savings platform to now additionally making investments accessible to everyone. We also explore the very important topic of how they got Nigerians to trust them with their money. Now, let's head to the show. Hi, Odu. <laughs> Welcome to the Decode Fintech podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Please kindly introduce yourself. Sure. Um, hi, my name is Adwai Wini. I'm co-founder COO at PiggyVest. Um, PiggyVest is an automated savings and investment platform out of Lagos, Nigeria. And what we do is help young Nigerians save up little amounts of money periodically, so daily, weekly, or monthly, towards a target, and eventually prevent and present them with micro-investment opportunities so they can get competitive interest rates. I am a graduate of computer engineering from Covenant University, and Covenant. my journey into fintech, well, right out of school, myself and my co-founder started um, a company called Push CV, um, which we worked on from 2014 until January 2016 when we started PiggyVest. And interestingly, PiggyVest really was born from a viral tweet on Twitter. So um, in December 2015, there was a lady who had saved um, a thousand naira in an actual wooden box every day for 365 days. And she sent out the tweet along with the picture of the box and the oh, money wow. that she got from it. And it's everyone was like... 365,000 naira. Yeah, very sizable amount of money. <laughs> and then, so the tweet went viral and my co-founder, Josh, brought the tweet to our WhatsApp chat. And he's like, um, he would get a box but he thinks that there's a more sustainable way to mm-hmm. do this. And literally, that's how we kind of fine-tuned the idea. And two weeks after that, we had the MVP for the product. Oh, wow. That's like something you read from like a book and you had it connected to like reality. Like people would literally see a tweet and like, decide to do something about it, and then actually do it, and then it'll actually just... They do? Yes, now, that's exactly what you've done. Yeah, but you I've know? not seen any other person do it. Oh, wow. Oh, touche. No, uninspirational and all of that. Not as much. <laughs> I was curious, though. You talked about um, exposing your customers to micro-investment opportunities. Um, do you mind, like, explaining what those are? So, um, in our opinion, um, the financial services sector in Nigeria suffers from like inaccessibility to young people Mm -hmm. so um when people talk about financial inclusion right what comes to mind is bottom of the pyramid 
um, people who are unbanked, people who don't have cash. Yeah. But I think that, like, as far as habits and the communication gap goes, young people who have smartphones are actually kind of excluded from the financial sector as well, when you think about it. Because as of 2016, for instance, mm-hmm. banks and banking didn't fit our habits, right? We use phones for most of the things. And even up until then, a lot of banking and financial services was paper-based. True, so true. people, and then when you look at investments and investing, the minimum ticket sizes are just like, we way out of our reach, you know. <laughs> right, Student did this study um, in, 20, in 2018 where you find out that the average entry-level graduate in Nigeria, one person just entering the workforce. Uh-huh. And there's 1.8 million of them every year. 50 to 70K is the average salary. Yeah, yeah. But if you try to approach a bank to invest in treasury bills, minimum is 100K. Exactly. If you try to go to an asset management, most, a lot of them are even a millionaire. Wow. Right? So we're asking people that to invest, you have to like, give us your entire month's salary or more. So we think that everyone should be able to invest. Right? And that's one of the reasons why we're acting as that bridge. So PigInvest will go to uh, people with investment opportunities, perform the, um, proper due diligence, and then tell them, oh, we have this number of users, and on an average, we can invest together as a community, say 50 million naira. Right. Uh, so they give us highly competitive rates that are way, more, uh, that are way better than they would give us if we came with like individual funds. Exactly. So we're able to then break that down into, say, 5,000 naira each, competitive ah, interest rates across board, and our users can invest in tiny bits. Interesting. Ah, okay. I guess I'm curious from like Push CV. And then you told the story about um, how Josh just like shared the tweet. But like, what really made your team decide to try to solve this problem? Honestly, nothing. We're serial entrepreneurs and we will try anything. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So after Push CV, we had 99 staff, we had 500 dishes, we had household. We had front desk Mm. and some others that didn't make it to life. So we tried many things, right? And so we have, after Push TV still exists, but some some of those others, they failed. Mm -hmm. So when Joshua brought it and thought, like, people will take this, we asked a couple of people, is this something you'd be interested in? They're like, yes. And we're like, you know what? It's worth it as an experiment. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I can remember that conversation we had that January was, if we get a thousand people to use this product, yeah. success. So it wasn't like maybe we thought it was going to like be wildly successful or anything. It's just like we literally try anything once uh-huh, and uh-huh. see if it works. If it doesn't, we move on, you know, learn and just pick it up and go. Interesting. And how long did it take you to get to a thousand users? Ah, <laughs> it took us a year. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it took us okay. a year to get to. So what happened was when we launched in January, we had to take a break after January and relaunch in April. Oh, um, because launching in January um, was like very minimal research went into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then so we had to like critically look at it. How are we going to implement security? Exactly. How are we going to look at regulation? So we took about three months to figure, that, figure out, that out. And then okay. relaunched on April second of twenty sixteen. Wow, you know it just seemed like one of those things that just came into the market and then millions of users jumped on it and millions. Yeah, I wish. It seems, (laughs) from those of us from the outside looking in. I guess I'm also curious, like, I don't know that PiggyVest was the first digital savings platform. What was the landscape around digital savings when when you went into the market? Um, PiggyVest was the first digital savings platform. Okay. At least the first independent one. Maybe Diamond Banks, Isusu, 
can't tell if it came before or after, right. but independently and um, bank agnostic, we were definitely there. I see, I so see. So it was I pretty see. virgin landscape, so to speak. Mm. And then not working with any bank, do you think that made it more difficult or easier to get traction? In, and in... <laughs> and, and just, just to be clear, when I say not working with any bank, mm -hmm. I mean from a branding perspective. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely, in hindsight, made it more difficult because then people are like, who's who's holding this money? And you know, you you couldn't like explain to them that hey, just us, this bought up on something year old holding your cash. <laughs> so <laughs> we could have like, um, I don't know. I think it was, in hindsight, right decision to not work with any bank because. The agnosticity of AIDS is still one of the biggest selling points exactly. today. Yeah. And so it, it did make it more difficult on the uptake. But there was this like um, early adopters, this 300 people in hmm. 2016 who were like, for all intents and purposes, the jump off point for the platform becoming what it is today. So it was more difficult, yes, but definitely would do it that way again. And I would also presume that it made you more flexible in your decision making. Um, you weren't bound by, you know, terms with, like, you must work with Bank A or Bank B. Exactly. Uh. So, like, it was like, we're able to go in and come out as, like, we wanted and take some decisions that, you know, you're not burdened down by experience exactly. or, like, these mm -hmm. people's laws or stuff like that. And so, yeah. Wow. Okay. And that was 2016, Yeah, that right? was 2016. And uh, so three years later... <laughs> Uh, what are, what have those three years been like? So first of all, what milestones have you achieved that you're excited about and can share? Um, and then I guess what are some of those moments where it was just like, oh my god, I can't do this any longer? So many, oh my god, moments. <laughs> Very many. Um, lots of them uh, from like uh, from a growth perspective. Uh, there was a lot of points where it was a bit confusing because people even till now question like. Why you guys? And so that question, whenever it comes up, it's just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know why us. Use it or don't use it, you know? Wow. <laughs> and so it's like, things like that. There's moments when you're just like, I'm just going to, I'm going to just move on from this. But after the first 300 people joined, right, in mm. 2016, and mm. then that December 2016 happened, and then most people, when they were reaching the end of their saving cycle, they requested to withdraw. And then they got their money. Yeah. Through Paystack. Yeah. And then it was like pretty much instant, right? The whole withdrawal process. And mm -hmm. what we saw was everyone going to social media to talk about it. Oh, I see. And as an unfunded company, yeah. um, organic advertisement is like gold. Of course. So they went to social media and they all just kept like, I just withdraw, you guys should try it. I saved this amount, I just withdrew, and you guys should try it. And it was like, it then it created this like intensive ripple effect that took us <laughs> from tiny startup struggling in 2016 mm -hmm. to semi-mainstream in 2017. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then that became a thing where people went out telling us, if you guys have this feature, I'll join. Exactly. If you guys have this feature, I'll join. And so like there's like long product direction <laughs> that's from the users, right? Like wow. so it became this like massive community-led effort. Hmm. And then the growth just started to come. Right. And we you know when we launched in 2016, there was zero revenue business model. It was mm -hmm. just like, we're going to do this and, and see if figure it, it out. Yeah. So by 2017, Village Capital in the US came in, helped us figure out what business and revenue model should look like. And then yes. it just became a real business. <laughs> and then, so it was like, oh, okay, so we can, we've found out how to make money from this and also still provide maximum value for the users exactly. because that was one of the like stones we had to like, really really set on and then so we then decided 
how do we move this forward? What would be the watchword? Right, figuring out that the problem that we wanted to solve was access and people being able to afford financial services, mm -hmm. huge. Because then, when people say, "If you have this feature, we have to figure out how that fits into the vision." Exactly. And by the end of 2017, which is what I was driving at, <laughs> we'd gone from um, 21 million saved in 2016 to almost 700 million, uh, 700 million, wow. yeah, saved in 2017. In 2017, which was like, oh my goodness, something else, right? And it just went on and on and on like that. Huh. And it was unbelievable because we did act an actual blog post in 2016. We saved 21 million naira. Like. <laughs> and then by 20, 2017, it was like, what is what? 21 million naira? Because then we did that like in a month. And then all of a sudden, we're doing that in a day. Oh and now goodness. it's not a thing right now. Yeah. Right? And so it just, the growth is, I, I suppose, what is unexpected and also our biggest achievement, the hmm. way the product seems to multiply itself hmm. all the hmm. time. Hmm. And that's all owed to the impact, of course, because if it's not helping anyone, then, and that's why the oh my God mm -hmm. moments kind of pass. Exactly. Because, you know, you have an oh my God moment and then you see on Twitter, Piggy Vest helped me save for my shop. You know, someone oh. who opened the barber shop. Piggy Vest helped me buy my car. I saved for my rent and it's not even due yet. That is you know? so cool. Like, yeah, stories like that. So do you care to share like what kind of numbers you're doing now? Um, 2016. 2016, 21 million. 2017, about 700 million. Yeah. 2018, 4.32 billion. What? And 2019. Wow. I don't even know the conversion in Naira. <laughs> I even mean, calculated it in dollars and moved on. Oh my so by the end of 2019, we will have done about $80 million saved this year what? alone. And yeah, it's... Amazing. That is phenomenal. And from a user perspective, because mm. we we really, well, again, we started from an unfunded perspective and kind of tried to figure how best to grow it organically. Yeah. So we went from 300-ish in 2016 yeah. to ending 2017 with about, I think, about 30,000. What? And then... <laughs> And then ending 2018 with 133,000. Oh, my goodness. And this year will be ending with about 610,000 people. That is ridiculous. And it's all owed to referrals, right? Um, we implemented this thing where realizing that social media was a huge driver for the growth. Yeah. Where we then used our users as our ambassadors, right? The only person who can sell it is the person who's used it. Mm, so mm, mm. you as a user, here is your unique link. Use it to invite people, teach them to use oh. the platform. You get rewarded, they get rewarded. And that way, we have a community of people who are passionate about the product. Exactly, exactly. Ah, this is interesting. Do you ever freak out like people are entrusting you with all these finances? Always, always freak out. <laughs> because again, sometimes when you look in, it's like, I cannot believe this is my life. But also, we built this, exactly. right? And so, yeah. And um, again, going back to the whole not being burdened by terms and rules, mm -hmm. so we are able to redefine what financial like future or financial health looks like for young people. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. very proud to be in this generation and be doing this for them. So after you freak out, you're like, okay, so we must keep doing Let's this get work. back to work. And <laughs> you know, we have to do it the right way, and we yeah. have to continue uh, continually give them products that will help them improve upon their lives. You know, mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. it's Nigeria, yeah, for yourself. No. Just bringing it all back to like the foundational principle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. It all just still comes back to the why, you know, like empowering people in this generation to access financial services. 
that's like really resonating with me yeah so when piggy vest started operations in 2016 it started with a web app right mm-hmm. um and then the mobile app came a little later i'm curious like going by what you said about how a lot of younger people access services on their phones um what was the reason for going with the web first for two reasons right mm-hmm. the first is that it was the easiest thing to push out immediately yeah. You know how um, there's this saying that if you have an idea, chances are like 10,000 people already have it. At the same time. And, yeah. yeah. And I, when we learned the web app, like, people came up to me and I'm like, I had that idea. I don't know if they're lying or not, but <laughs> I guess it was nice that we were already out there. So that was the first thing we needed to do. And the second thing was from an internal perspective of the skills and capabilities and resources we oh, had I at see. the time. I see. So we started with the web app because... It was easy, like easy on all counts, right? True, true, true. And then we decided after, it was like maybe a year, we had like grown sufficiently to be able to target and focus resources onto building mobile apps. Okay. So we then did. Okay. Were there any interesting differences with like either how people used both apps or the kind of people that were using both? Um, I suppose I will say that the web app is still pretty popular. Strangely, <laughs> um, people are still able to just go to the browser on their phones and type in pvs.com. And so we still get like a sizable amount of traffic from there. But most people access it from their, I guess, Android and iOS phones. But like the, the way they use the app isn't as much where it's localized as much as the way they use features within the platform. You get oh, Explain that. Right. So where they're accessing it from really doesn't matter. Okay. Everyone is accessing it. And it's, the demography is almost un- uniform, right? Right. Um, 65% of the platform is 18 to 35. Okay. Right. So most pe- most of those people do, do the apps. Okay. People outside of that demographic will do the website. Ah, and on see. their Still on their mobiles, right? I see. But it's more unique than that, than they're accessing it, is how they use the platform itself. Exactly. Right. Like you know, it has many features. Yeah. And there's many different habits for people. So you find that um, people who are entry level are using the automated savings more. Okay. Right. Like daily, weekly, monthly kind of arrangement. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. people who are maybe a bit mid level in their careers are focused solely on the safe work. Right. <laughs> so like, Just put yeah, that money exactly, away. Exactly. And things like that. So you kind of get like to learn so much about how people grow. From like watching the progression of the, like of the joining, like now when we started, I used to use the auto save. Now even I have my auto save turned off. I'm focused on like the safe lock option and the investify marketplace, oh. like more. So when I open my like my app, I look at the auto save. Sometimes I turn it on, sometimes I turn it off. But my safe lock is like always on point. And then my investify marketplace because that's where like the investments are coming in. And you're like looking to the future now you know, <laughs> as I'm getting older. Oh wow. I'm I'm going to want you to just talk a little about I guess this would have been covered um when we we're talking about Piggyverse itself, but just those three distinct features. Like what does the autosave do, what does the safe lock do, and what does Investify Investify do? Okay. So when we started it was basically to operate like an actual colour, right? So daily, weekly or monthly okay. for people. Just put okay, so put money in you know, you, people, the woman was putting the money in Nakolo daily. Ah, so that was where the idea, that was like the foundation. So we tried to add weekly or monthly for I people see. who don't want that, like the hassle daily. of daily alerts. Mm-hmm. So we started from there. And then people started to let us know that not everyone is salaried. 
you know, True. not everyone has cash in their accounts all the time. True. Some people are business owners, and that means they have ups and downs, ebbs and flows. So that's why we created something called the quick save. So if you're a business owner and you have your auto save turned off, say someone pays you 100k today and you want to save 50k, Edija, please. <laughs> you can then decide, oh, I'm just going to drop 50k out of that straight into my um, uh, piggy bank um, savings. And so you I can, see. you're allowed to do that. So that's auto save and quick save, even though they enter the same wallet. I see. Right. Then we have something called a safe lock. Remember how I'm saying that um, investment options in Nigeria have an accessibility problem. True. So we created our own version of, should I say the church? Fixed deposit. Fixed term investment. Fixed term investment. <laughs> so what happens is, typically people say 30 days, um, 90, 90 days. days. So mm -hmm. of, with us, you can go as low as 10 days. Uh, and you can go as I low see. as 1,000 naira. You get your interest up front, same as like your fixed term investment. Oh, I see. And you get your capital at the end of the tenor. Right, so that's safe lock. That's very attractive for many people. Mm -hmm, right, mm -hmm. and then we have something called target savings. So if the piggy bank option, which um, is governed by the ninety day withdrawal rule, mm -hmm. is too much for you, and maybe you're saving for short term stuff, I want to buy a laptop, I want to go on a trip, and it's like not ninety days, exactly, maybe three weeks, exactly, maybe uh, seven weeks, you know, an arbitrary number of um, days or weeks. Right, you use the target savings option. And then we just debit you until your target is reached and you can withdraw and buy what you need to ah, buy. Ah, got you. Then after that, those are the three distinct features for the platform. But we also have two additional things where the flexible wallet, where we pay all of your interests to. Into. So that, you know, your gratification is not that delayed <laughs> and you can interact with it at any time. And then on the other side of the platform, we have something called Investify. So this is um, basically an investment marketplace where... Um, People who have just a bit higher risk appetite are able to invest in external products there. Right. So say agriculture, for instance, right, which right, does right. way better than fixed term investments. I see. It speaks to different demographies from a risk appetite perspective or from just a how much money do you have at your disposal? Exactly. Yeah. I know that for a financial services platform, a lot of people want to know that their money is secure and safe. So... The question is, how were you able to build such a high level of trust amongst your users um, to help them get so comfortable with saving money with PiggyVest, um, knowing that at least at the time it wasn't a bank? Was it because of the demography? Like, did you do something in particular? So I, I think three things. Number one is like gathering trust is an everlasting journey. It's <laughs> kind of continue to... Um, store that goodwill in like in a trust bank or something and then you have people speak out for you because you know, there will be mistakes and the second thing will be yeah the demographic demographic is very interesting because if we fall in the same demographic whose problem that we're solving right and we're just as accessible you know on Twitter you can either tweet at piggy bank or you can tweet at me either oh, way you can talk to any one of us mm. that's the second thing so but the third thing would be that people wanted a change hmm. It was just the time, right? People definitely were looking to, um, what's it called? People definitely were looking to change how like, they treated their financial health. And I told you about the habits and communications gap we had. Mm -hmm. Providing something for them that, didn't, that meant they didn't have to stand up from their homes to go open an account mm -hmm. was very important. And even then, we went to the bank, but we launched with in partnership with the microfinance bank. Mm. So there was always that element of security, right? And that's something that we've, like, strive to keep. Like, 
your money is safe, your money is secure. And even when we didn't have our own license, we were in partnership with someone that did. Okay. So now, in addition to our own uh, microfinance license, cooperative license, we work very closely with ICO Capital to make sure that the assets are managed properly. Okay, okay. That's helpful to know. So I guess it was a combination of both a higher risk appetite from the users. Yeah. Um, just the sheer value proposition yeah, of exactly. not having to cross all these and, hurdles. You know, better interest rate, no charges. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I want to try it's that. Like, I, I would try it with like money I can lose. Exactly. Then, then if it works out, I'll increase the money there and then I'll increase it I'll again. I'll see how it goes. Nice, nice. Hi, it's Tammy here, product manager at Paystack. We'll head back to our guest in just a second but I'd like us to chat for a bit about what we do at Paystack. Paystack powers payments and growth for some of the most interesting fintech companies operating in Africa. One such company is Luno. Luno is a global platform that takes away the stress of trading cryptocurrencies while educating customers. With a presence in over 40 countries, they've processed over $8 billion for more than 3 million customers. So whether you're new to the cryptocurrency space, already a veteran, or even somewhere in the middle, Luna makes it super easy and safe for you to buy and store cryptocurrencies. To get started, visit paystack.com slash Luno. Once again, that's paystack.com slash Luno. Alrighty, now let's head back to our guests. Okay, just going back to the different products you offer, you started with the basic savings scheme and then expanded into investments. Um, what made you decide to expand the product offering in that way? Honestly, it's like people are growing, right? We're growing with them. And the idea is to take people from entry, entering into the job market and earning their first naira to when they're old. So we realized uh, some, somewhere at the end of 2018 that um, people were saving up on piggy vest and then going to invest it. Oh, I right. see. So, shows that it's time to create like a, another stop shop for them within the platform where they can get these financial needs. So, like you know, I told people like they just they, before they are saving up, and now all of a sudden they've grown so much that now they want to invest. Mm. Very mm. soon mm. they have grown so much they want to buy homes, Correct. and hopefully we can partner up with like real estate firms and be able to provide that for them. But that's the entire like goal. I see. To be able to I be see. the ecosystem of access and you know being able to afford these services for them oh interesting and 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 in terms of adoption i guess this will speak to the demography but in terms of adoption what's like the percentage splits between people that, that are just saving versus people that are trying to invest well everyone on the platform like everyone like who's actively saving are active on the platform is saving yeah and then of those people Maybe about 20% are actively investing. I see. I see. I see. Who do you consider the generic target piggy vest customer persona? Okay. I know well, we've, yeah. we've, we've mentioned uh, 18 to 35. Yeah. Like, typically, yeah. Typically 18 to 35, um, working like a, an entry mid-level job. So person mostly has three, four years of experience. And they earn anywhere from $850 a month, which I should probably convert to Naira, <laughs> um, to $800 a month. But again, this is this describes 65% of the platform, True. right? There's another 35% that is made up of a mix of people. Okay. And we have like, um, I think, 53% women. You know, oh, yeah. interesting. 
Almost equal. You know, the, the men are trying. <laughs> we are an equal opportunity savings, savings and, invest, and investment platform. Yes, that is correct. So by way of marketing, apart from the referrals that you do with your existing customers and um, the content you put out on social media, do you do anything else by way of product marketing efforts? Yeah, we've actually like increased oh. marketing these days. Yay. But like, so yeah, we do Instagram. Okay. Instagram ads are like a very a treasure trove, actually. Ah. At least for us. So like, we do referrals. You know, we do content marketing, emails. Uh-huh. You know, tweets, Facebook posts, blogs, and then we do Instagram ads. Mm. Like, so we've done a couple radio ads here and there. We do flyers. Okay. Um, but those are typically targeted at schools, NYSC camps, and then Instagram ads for the online ads. Mm. Oh, yeah, and you do a lot of events as well, don't yeah. you? Yeah. How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> we do um, open houses uh-huh. um, for our open users houses. and for anybody really. So we and we just launched a new one called the Skill Base, which is targeted at um, business, young business owners and SME owners, where we're kind of trying to upskill. Well, yeah. um, so upskill them and help them like with financial like management and health as well. So the first one was held, I think, November twenty third. Oh, where we taught them. There was a pestak person present, Katijan. Oh yeah, uh, Folu. Folu. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So what what do you what do you teach or what do you share at at, at the skill base? Well, event? the first one was targeted at acquiring your first customers. Oh, I see. So um, we taught them about acquiring your first customers and basic. Um, SME finance management. So oh. they learned basic PL, basic balance sheeting, and then Folu taught them how to receive payments. Interesting. And then the next one is going to be like attracting funds to the business. Ah. And so hopefully we can like keep that series going in addition to the open house that's targeted at the individuals. Individuals, right. So it's like help people get better at what they do, help them make more money so yes. that they can save better save and exactly. invest better. Oh, it's a cycle. I love it. I'm curious, how, how large is the Piggy Vest team now? Ah, we are now 23 people. 23? 23 people. I feel like that's small. Is that just me? That's a multitude for us. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. we, we started um, in 2016 as three. Oh, okay. And then we became seven. Hmm. And then in 2017, we ended at eight. Oh, <laughs> and then we ended like 2018 at 12. Ah, uh, and now it's 20. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe next year will be 32. <laughs> I was going with double. <laughs> and what's like the, what's the split from a team perspective? How many engineers? How many product people? So um, the, the team is actually mostly engineering and customer service, right? Um. Engineering, I think, makes up about. I'm going to try to do um, percentages in my head now. Mm-hmm. Well, customer service is the largest, right? Okay. Just like, dealing with emails, consumers. calls, um, outbound calls, inbound calls, things like that. Those that's like maybe forty nine percent of the team. Wow. Customer okay. service, and then uh, we have engineering making up like another twenty. I see. Then products is like we have like I think we have two product people okay and then the rest is just like a mix operations and the rest of it oh interesting what's like the hardest thing about running a business like piggy vest in nigeria the hardest thing yes running a business like we invest in nigeria the hardest thing the hardest thing is managing the reputation 
Right. Um, it, we live in the age of social media, mm. which is both a good and a bad thing. Mm. A good mm. thing because that's the only way businesses like ours could have ever grown. Right. A bad thing because one one bad tweet oh, can wow. like can topple everything. Uh, so it's I think it's very strenuous keeping a balance. Mm. Right. Mm. Like um, something was happening on social media last week. Mm. And it wasn't related to us at all. Hmm. And the, a person who wanted to tweet about it mixed up the names and put us there. Oh, wow. And I had to, like, go there and, like, nope, not no. <laughs> and person was like, that's what I heard. And I'm like, we and the founder, and I'm telling you, we, are, we don't even know these people. Oh, and then wow. he went to check, and then he came back and apologized. I'm like, no apologies needed. Please just take down the tweet. Right? So things like that. And any number of people could have seen that tweet. I see. Luckily, they didn't. Hmm. But if they had... Taking down the tweet wouldn't have been enough. True. So it's, for us, it's very complex, and we have to like constantly stay on our toes, like oh. guys. And so it also that's one of the reasons why customer service is the largest and most important part of mm-hmm. the business. Because mm-hmm. one bad response to the wrong person can, it takes. can be fatal. <laughs> and I guess maybe wow. the supplementary hardest thing would be dealing with regulation. Dealing with regulation, huh? huh. huh. I'm hoping to get a bit better and more flexible for businesses like ours. Yeah, I'm going to say amen, um, and then I'm going to move right along <laughs> from that. I guess this segues nicely into the next question, which is just around, like, some of the toughest lessons you've had to learn on this journey. <sighs> toughest lesson? Yeah. The first one is you can't take anything personally. Huh. Yeah. I feel like there's a story there. There's many things, like, uh, no, just not... not, not Personally, as in people, people treat business literally as business, mm. and expect you to just move right along. So I had, we had like in early twenty eighteen, very horrible experience. Oh wow! Right, and um, it it was something that I couldn't see. If someone had told me twenty sixteen this thing would happen, just like nope, too savvy for that. Wow! And then it happened. And it's like, wow. It was very, it was a big deal. And it was a pretty bad experience. But what I realized was the person came back and was like, so yeah, um, we can work on this together. Like right after like the Dropping period. a bombshell. So like, oh, so I, I guess we're just like moving on from this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so like I'm learning now that if someone does something bad to you yesterday, like in business mm, apparently mm. you're supposed to like shut down all your emotions and just move on just move it. on just say oh it's just business we learn every day wow <laughs> and then I, I suppose the next thing would be to care about people hmm. right? I, I, apart from caring about the user the team that you work with oh, I see. Right? so we were like young founders started right out of school learning as we move along so well, that's one of the most valuable things right and we're learning from people like you guys. They stuck with the culture and everything. But yeah, so we're learning to like really not 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 just say you care, actually care about the people that you work with. Mm-hmm. And um, the third thing would be to centralize the vision, right? Like mm. everything, everything needs to like boil down to that singular vision and mission. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's inspiring, especially the part about people. And I guess if you have a bunch of people, just like running towards a particular objective then you know it's, it, it can be really like uh freaky to go from singular people in a room hmm. to care to having people 
whose lives you're not responsible exactly. for. And by extension, probably their family's lives because breadwinners and stuff like that. So you really can't mess it up. Hmm. And so it's... It's, it's a lot to <laughs> yeah, deal with. It, it can be. <laughs> oh, you have it covered. You're good. So the company changed names about a year ago. What was the thinking behind the name change? And like, how did you manage to maintain your brand presence all the brand equity that you had built on the former name and how did you like take that across so why do we change the name mm-hmm. first thing was with the piggy bank for i don't know two and a half years and mm-hmm. then we decided to move to piggy vest mm-hmm. and it was because we wanted to expand our product offerings i see and um when you think about it Banks are typically not known as investment houses. Investment houses are not known as banks. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to combine both those things together. Oh. All right. So we decided that better now than later. I see. Or I and, see. and better than separating both um, entities. Okay. That's the first thing. And as for the brand capital part, I think that the most important thing for users is to just be direct with them, communicate. And so there were there was many options to do the transition as a giant PR move. Mm-hmm. But we decided... No, you know we're going to write an email to our users and be as honest and as open as we can be oh. about it, and have them ask any questions they had. Okay. Right. So it was just one singular email to wow. them. Like nothing changes. Piggybank.ng will still redirect to piggyvest.com. Your account is the same. This is why we're doing this, and that was that. That was it. Did not. You know, and we were actually afraid that maybe the name change would like people would be tired. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, there were a couple of jokes about the name. Are you they sell pigs in vests? Oh wow! Like that. <laughs> I didn't hear that one. <laughs> All in good fun, I hope. Um, but <laughs> for the most part, the users got the mail hmm. and just kept moving right along. Like, oh. okay, it's the same people, the same site. My, I can log in, you know, my which is the most is important safe. part. I can log in, I can see my money, you know. <laughs> oh, Everything is kind of like peripheral activity. Uh, you know, the logo didn't change um, in that way. Social yeah. handles were very active to answer your questions. And so were we. We had like this um, question Friday right after. Mm. So we kept it very muted and within the community, the change. Instead of making it a big blowout like we are now. And stuff like that. So, wow. And again, this, this speaks to, I think, the generation. I think um, maybe if this was happening in 2002, you'd have need to like, erect billboards, take out newspaper ads. But now people, it's really about the social media community. You've told mm. them on Instagram, you've told them on Twitter, mm. you sent mm. an email, We're business good. continues. <laughs> and so we just kind of move like that. So. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Um, now, like, having been in this business for three years now, you're officially a fintech payments, savings, and investments guru. Um, right. Yes. I hereby bestow upon you this title. I call myself the OG. <laughs> Let's continue. Uh, what kind of trends have you seen, I guess, over the past few years um, about how Nigerians save and invest? And, like, what's the most surprising thing you've learned about those patterns? So, the, the research is pretty damning for the most part. Like, First of all, the fact that an average Nigerian actually must save 40% of their monthly income, most like to do anything, is yeah. insane. Hmm. And, oh, this is my favorite thing. Africa only contributes 15% of savings in the world. Oh. Like, 
I was just like, the gap between what you need to do and what we're actually doing, was, it was huge. like, it's plenty. Hmm. And it was like, no one was coming to like, do something about just it. Just kind of close it. Yeah. So when we started and then more people started, there was this like shift. And now you see young people are like, really attacking the saving strain and really jumping on it. And what we've seen now is that there is more adoption of financial technology. Mm. Just from the fact that um, we... Fintech companies are moving financial services online mm. and just because of that, making it more convenient. Mm. So mm. for sure, um, there will be an increased adoption as we go along. Again, barring policy changes. Of course. Right? Um, young people are going to come because, again, Nigeria is 70% young people. So we are going to set the tone and we are already doing that. Mm. Adopting um, savings online. See, look, at this is the only reason why you can have... Um, a bike app and a payments app and all of that in one place because people other. exactly yeah. because people are now starting to do just about everything using technology so right. savings payments doesn't matter what mm. right it's all going to the phones mm. and just kind of leaving paper behind yeah. you know young people are not going to go back to paper based stuff we're not going to do that that's as long and as long as, as long as I suppose there's an enabling environment exactly so yeah that's that's actually very key but like mobile is the future, huh? Mobile is the future, and this is not not USSDP. I did not say that. I said mobile. <laughs> yes, I have my thoughts on that. <laughs> but that's why we're here. No comments. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of mobile, um, I see that like Piggyvest recently overhauled uh, the mobile app. Um, tell us a bit more about like the thinking that went into that decision. But the most important reason I was tired of being insulted about the old app. Oh my goodness. <laughs> People are so dramatic, my God. It was like, we need your app to be finer. It's too cluttered. Uh, no, valid, very valid critics. Oh, I thought you were going to say something <laughs> about the functionality. Well, I mean, I was getting there. See, when we started, it was just savings, right? And yeah. And then um, we added more, and then we added more. And while mm. people wanted these features, they wanted them In a way presented still... still more comfortably. Right. And the old app really wasn't doing that for people. Right? Look, when, when we, like, overhauled the app design and came out with, like, the newer, simpler one, right, functionality was, like, a thing that came naturally with it. Mm. And they were right. It, it does function much better. I love mm. it. Mm. And, and it, we saw it in the numbers. Right, oh. the norm, everybody's like, oh, finally. And oh. then people just kind of reactivated. Some people who had churned actually came back. Wow. And the numbers actually showed. People joined the platform. Kind of like when we launched, like, Investify. We had the olds who were like, I can't join because I'm not saving with you guys. And then they're like, oh, now I can invest. Okay, hello. Interesting. Then, <laughs> so the same thing happened when we designed the app, right? People were like, oh, okay, it's more functional. It's cleaner. I can see, like... The presentation Everything is much that's better. Going on. Yeah, oh. and, and so that was very important for us, but mostly because we just wanted to stop abusing us. <laughs> and I'm sure they've stopped. Well, until they start again. I mean, yeah. yeah we, 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 you know, Google is the one that's leading this design effort <laughs> thing. They were like, white design. I'm really hoping you don't change the color anytime soon. Because you're going to have to change yours as well. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's not fun. Your app just has to look dowdy and ugly beside other apps. I know. Don't worry, you can do it. <laughs> You've shared some success metrics with us. I remember the one about like the number of users and how much mm. people have saved or invested in the platform. Um, apart from those two, how else does your team measure success when it comes to Piggyvest as a product? Well, those are the two major ones, honestly. Right. And I, I suppose the third thing would be the assets under management. 
assets under management. So that's the model. That's the business model, right? When people save on the platform, uh-huh. and, um, we there's a there's a net amount. You know, people will carry out withdrawals mm-hmm. and deposits at the end of the month. There's an oh, amount left with us. That I amount see. is what we invest. Oh. That's it. okay. That's the most. That's the most important one. That's the most important one. So yeah, right. that that's. The increase of that is that's like um, one of the business top contingencies. Right, it's the revenue, the major revenue model I for see. the business. I, I mean, see. there's two supporting ones: retail commission from Investify, um, early withdrawal fees, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. most importantly, investment and getting spread from the assets under management. Interesting. Um, is is it a secret number? Definitely. Okay. So we can't know what that number and is. Now whisper it in your ear because it's a secret. <laughs> Uh, are you looking at expanding into other African countries anytime soon? You know, we, we're we not actively looking at it, but it's something that we're definitely exploring okay. and kind of thinking around. Final question. Um, what are you most excited for when you think about Piggyvest in 2020 and beyond? Well, what am I most excited for? Will they allow me to say this? Okay. So, you know how we've introduced Flex Dollar this year? Mm-hmm. Very early, they pushed us what, to... What is a flex dollar? Flex dollar allows um, people to save in dollars um, as a store of value, right? Mm-hmm. So you save on, you can like save onto the platform in Naira, right. convert it to dollar and earn interest in dollar at... Um, earn interest in dollar. Right. And then when you want to withdraw, mm-hmm. we can either pay the dollars directly to your um, Nigerian domiciliary account right. or... Right we help you convert back to Naira at the prevalent market rate. I see. And then you cash out in Naira. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. Um, allowing people to actually save and retain store value in dollars within mm. the platform and earn interest. In dollars? Yes. So save in Naira. Save in Naira, convert it to dollars within the platform and then earn interest in dollars. Ah. And then you can convert at whatever value. Naira, like the sense to whatever. You can, we, we put the money in your Naira, in your um, Nigerian DOM account. Interesting. Oh, okay. I think it's dope. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're looking at, so there's now micro investments on the platform. In 2020, the first thing we're looking at is more volume of investments on the investment marketplace. Okay. Right, right now, we totally didn't see the like incredible demand coming. Oh my goodness. So now we have to like, um, what's it called? Optimize the due diligence process so mm. that we can have multiple investments live right. at the same time. Mm. And then... Um, insurance we're going to take it more seriously next year mm. um as it is i think 99 percent of this country is completely uninsured mm, mm, and mm. remains to be seen as to why i think it's a combination of they don't know how they don't know why they don't know how to they don't know the benefits lots of education has to go on in there True. and um, i'm talking i just got health insurance like with the company so <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's something that we really need to explore because, right, right. again, the, the lack of infrastructure means that you have to have contingency plans. Exactly. And that's literally what insurance is. Yeah. And uh, so we are working to be able to break down um, bulk insurance payments into monthly payments uh, as simple yeah. and also find a way to represent the benefits as clearly and as transparent as possible. As possible. So we'll do that across health. Across annuities for your parents, mm. you know, just many kind student malaria, all of those things. Oh. That's what 2020 will look like is adding all of these microservices into the platform, into the platform. so you can have like a holistic view wow. of your finances. That is so cool. Um, and still just like linking directly to the problem you're trying to solve yeah. for young people yes. um, living in this country. Wow, amazing. 
I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Odu. Any awesome. last parting words for us? I mean, join Piggy Best. Oh, wow. That count? Yes, it counts. It's Piggy Best. We'll, take a, we'll cut you a check for the paid ad. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. You can credit my Piggy Best wallet. <laughs> but yeah. That's it for today's show, folks. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it on social media with the hashtag TheCoveFintech. I'll be keeping an eye out on that hashtag and responding to the most interesting questions and comments. Every week, we share a tightly curated debrief of the most important fintech news from around the continent, as well as jobs, events, and so much more. To subscribe, kindly visit decodefintech.com. Once again, that's decodefintech.com. Decode Fintech is brought to you by Paystack. Paystack helps Africa's most successful fintech companies build powerful, scalable financial service products with the industry's best documented APIs. Please visit paystack.com fintech to find out more. I'm your host, Khadija. Thank you for listening. Hi, it's Mohini again. So this brings us to the end of season one of the Decode Fintech podcast. We have a whole second season in the works, and actually, we'd love to hear from you. Do you have any fintech-related questions that you'd like us to answer on the show? Please send us your full name, phone number, and question to podcast at paystack.com. Once again, send us any fintech questions you'd like us to answer with your full name and phone number to podcast at paystack.com. Till the next season, thank you for listening.